This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 458, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
podcast episode 458. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are two guys this week. It's, there's three of us. Can you imagine? Uh, 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 yes. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm this is over- to be quiet for as long as I can. It's overwhelming. I'm Montgomery and Josh Flanagan. Hello. We're Hi. back as a trio after. And it's funny because it was completely unplanned that we would all be off three weeks in a row in different, different pairings. By the, those things. by the third week, though, it was like, all right, this is okay. <laughs> but it was just like random that we all took the week. I mean, you know, I had a wedding. Josh had a wedding. Paul, Paul had to go kill a guy and then escape for a while. You're not low. supposed to. That part is no. We'll beat that part out. Yeah, that's a good idea. We are iFanboy. We like comics. If we can read a bunch of comics, one of us picks the comic they liked the best or they, it was their favorite or, you know, whatever. <laughs> call that the pick of the week we talk about that on the podcast along with other books of the week you gotta pick one don't like it you gotta pick one other topics of interest other goofy nuts the thing is when you gotta pick one you gotta pick one i mean you can't you can't come here and go josh at the pick of the week and i just go "Eh." or you know pull old old ron and pick eight of them you can't go either way you gotta go right down the middle and pick the one we don't put up with that shit before we get to the show quick reminder no warning there'll be some spoilers especially especially this week some major things went down so i'll be spoiling those things for you if you haven't read your books, pause the show, come back. Well, it's in the title. Spoilers? Pick the week. I mean, it's like Death of Wolverine. It's oh, in the title. right, 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 right. It's a good point. I thought you had changed the name of the show while I was gone. No, no, no. Spoiler podcast. <laughs> I fanboys, we're, te- we're going to tell you what's happening. It's in the title. You don't have to say that anymore. Make a really long title. We should just make the whole opening part of the title. I think we Josh, should keep... you had the pick. Yeah, I did. Uh, my pick of the week this week was Deadpool's Art of War, number one. Um, I don't think anyone saw that, including Dead, coming, including Deadpool. Deadpool well, himself. The Watcher. Here's, here's how we got to this. Um, I read a, a not large amount of books this week, and they were sort of the regular books that, that we talk about and we like, and they were, they were fine. Um, and so I had to sort of dig and like, well, what is it that impressed me that wasn't something that I got other, you know, other weeks or in other comics that would give us something to talk about, something that I, I think about, like, was what was good and and i i ended up on this book um it's a mini series uh written by peter david by the way back back strong working uh he has been for another time for a time but i've been reading that stuff uh drawn by scott koblish um you may remember uh pretty much and, and colored by val staples uh and pretty much every time we talk about one of these deadpool issues lately it's one of those strange ones that that scott koblish draws in another right. style and and for me, like this, like the reason I think I put this here is that, like, it's it's occurring to me that over the past couple of years we've been talking about Scott Koblish a lot, and it's yeah, never he also did Omac right. Really liked Omac a lot, and it's mm. never been for the same thing. No, which he's very versatile. Right, it, it's really impressive. Um, so this one starts off with, it's like a flashback to uh, Sun Tzu, uh, writer of 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 uh, the Art of War, and he's is sort of miniseries of image. Uh, it's it's a book from oh. a Chinese general. Oh, oh. Uh, people have used it. Well, it's a manga. Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to read it backwards. Maybe that's what I did wrong. That's why I lost. <laughs> Shit. Um, that was the lamest thing I've ever said. So uh, this is like sort of super serious uh, Sun Tzu addressing the camera and telling his story, and and the the style is all sort of this this 
I don't know, just a classic sort of uh, like a, like an Asian comic book kind of story going on. And then all of a sudden, Deadpool shows up and he spears Sun Tzu through the middle, takes his like scrolls and is like, hey, this book's really cool. I should go and take it and sell it. So he shoots back. to They don't explain any of this, by the way. There's no re- – and I just want to make that clear. Um, and then like he like shows no up. time machine, no – No, there's, there's no like reason. That. Like there's literally no explanation, which I love. I'm, I'm coming around to Deadpool. I, I, it must be the case. It's kind of odd. Um, I would love, you know, let's put put the story aside for a second. I would love to get in my own time machine, <laughs> go back about five years and talk to that Josh and be like, listen, in five years, you're going to be talking about Deadpool like all the time. Well, listen, five years ago, Josh, that is one different fatter dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not much fatter. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's you so tell weird. me. I mean, it's good. I just think that that. It's one of two things. One part of the snob part of me can say, "Well, they put better writers on him," and so, which is true because I am not a Daniel Way fan, so I wasn't touching that stuff with a with a. It didn't matter who was doing it; I wasn't wasn't reading it. Uh, and you know, they put uh, Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn on, and I, and I liked that. I wanted to try it. Um, and then, uh, actually, what really did it was was Remender on Uncanny X Force. I thought I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this character that you're writing here like this. So it gives you a, a taste for it, you know. But who knows? We've all got we've all got our prejudices about things and, and what we've all got stories so is this is this one of those just super silly I, like there's no rhyme or reason it's just i don't know I, I i literally don't know anything about it other than what happened so like he he kills sun Tzu, he finds these scrolls and he's like i should sell this for a million bucks and so the next scene he's in a publisher's office and and he puts he's his thinking low on that isn't he? he's put his sword to her neck and then and then and then I'm gonna push through. And then she starts shooting him with a bunch of machine guns that pop out of her desk. I don't know why that she has those. She's a publisher of books. Well, publishing is a tough racket right now. But she's like, this book's been out for a really long time. Everybody knows you have to, um, you have to put a different spin on it because there's a bunch of them. And he's like, well, how about a survival manual? Like the whole world is at war. And she said that'd be cool, but the world's not at war. So he says, hang on. And then he he <laughs> then wait. So then he goes and he finds Loki. And he tries to he tries to incite a war, and this is where it gets interesting to me. Is that and I don't I, I normally do not like to just uh, tell tell what the whole thing what everything happened, but he he switches his art around, and so when they get to Loki, uh, the first time first scene we're seeing are like like John Buscema kind of Loki, oh wow, cool. uh, and and there's all these different kind of things, and it kind of morphs into into Walt Simonson Thor, like you flip the page and then you've got like an old Walt Simonson Thor style that he's going through. Uh, and and then Thor and Loki, it's it just becomes a big Asgardian battle. That's pretty much the thing. That's what happened. That's kind of awesome. Though. It, I know, like I describe it like that, and I'm just you know, I listen. I'm not gonna lie. There was a time that I would have required more than that, but in this, I'm like, I'm just I, I don't. It's not wrapped up in anything. I don't have to think about it. You've also around to sort of this more the more wacky. Oh sure. And then you know, really Ecuador kind of stuff. Yeah. For really, for me. You know the story is is that you know it's I think it's time we just gave Scott Kobush his due. Yeah, he's good. He's really I mean, really, it's 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 was super fun to watch the styles change and and like the pages that were done in a style. You know, if like you listen to somebody do a cover song, you're like, that sounds kind of good, but it's kind of weird and off. These pages are just actually really good. Right. You no, know, he, he he can of their own accord. He can yeah. do many styles. The thing that was great about him on OMAC was that he very much recalled Kirby without mm-hmm. it being a ripoff, but it's still recalled that Kirby is, it sounds like in the same way he's recalling Bishema and Simonson yeah. and those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. And, 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 and in those 
those 70s flashback issues too. Yeah, exactly. No context for this, and like you weren't familiar with Walt Simons and Thor or anything like that, um, you'd still, you know, enjoy it and just appreciate it. Like, that's great. And yeah, exactly. Doing all these juggling, all these different styles. I like the coloring on this a lot. Yeah, Val Staples, uh, definitely. Yeah, really nice and subtle, like mm-hmm. jewel tones and stuff, and uh, and and really suited the line work in this, yep. which is uh, especially uh, when you flip into those uh, Sun Tzu pages and you get this nice like two page spread. Um, really like delicate lines and stuff and uh, so you really don't want to overdo the coloring there's one there was one spot where there was like a um a digital uh sound effect mm-hmm. and it, it was really kind of glaring because everything else was just so elegant yeah yeah understated there's just this bold red you know yeah i was like eh. but otherwise i thought it was really beautiful yeah no i think the you're absolutely right too. and then and then at the same time you know peter david's no slouch he's got he's got you know he knows he's got, comic he's got book, a career ahead of him I think. yeah he's i mean he knows comic book pacing he knows the characters he's funny it all kind of works you know and 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 uh you know it, it was it's it was just it was just fun stuff and i, and I kind of didn't i wasn't i wasn't gonna read it like I was looking for more to read, and I saw the cover, which is this beautiful sort of faux Eastern, you know, uh, uh, scroll-looking, uh, um, good look, like brushwork. Yeah, brushy, brushy Japanese sort of drawing. Um, and it's a beautiful it cover, a bit of, um, like David Mac, uh, like Kabuki kind of stuff. Well, you know what stands uh, out is the um, is the sort of uh, title page. Like you get the cover is gorgeous, and the interior, and then there's this like horribly bad Photoshop title page <laughs> they have in here um but besides that you know like it was just a, at the at the end of that, i was like that was a really fun thing and it got me thinking we spend all of this time talking about artists we've been doing it for years and years now we'll say oh like, i love this guy's style and i love uh you know like i like how how capullo draws batman i like what jock does i basically everybody who works with scott snyder uh you know but that that becomes a thing or or somebody like jerome opena and and on the other side of the spectrum, I feel like it's a lot harder for a guy who doesn't necessarily have a style, you know, or can do a bunch of different things, which is no less talented to get recognition. Like you get button We used to we talked about this with Mike Norton forever ago. Yeah, because he's like, I don't know what my style is, and I, I think he has. He doesn't, doesn't sound like him. He does not sound like that. <laughs> I like a little bit, but not. I yeah, no. Like I haven't done it in so long that it was just. I was like, oh, it wasn't wasn't there anymore. Um, uh, but, but the thing about a guy who doesn't have a style like Koblish, who can do lots of styles, is that he's always working though. That's a good point. He's he's he may not be a superstar, and uh, you know, I'm 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 sure he doesn't command superstar page rates, but he's always working on something because a he's he's old school. He's a pro. He he gets books out on time quickly. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he can do your Japanese style. He can do your Bishima style. He can do your Simon style. He can do your Kirby style. He can he can do all kinds of seventies style. Like he can do it whatever. So he's always. It's almost like there's always a book with him coming out. It's point. almost like a studio musician. Like the yeah. people who are not famous. Guy. Yeah, it's a session guy, and they're like the best musicians in the world because they can do all those things. But you know, like like Jimmy Page was a session guy before uh, before Led Zeppelin. You know, because he could do all those different things, and he then got famous. So it's like. Something could come along later where, where the session guy – I like that. That's a great term for him. Like he's a session musician. He's a session comic book artist. And I think that's kind of what he is. Like you've got to have your shit nailed down though. You've got to be really good at it. And I think that's what we're seeing. With Like every time one of these issues comes out – I mean those are ones that – in the, in the Deadpool issues, you know, where it was like the, 50, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, that was, that's, that's amazing. Yep. Um, and then I really like what they can do with production now. I think it's – 
I don't I don't ever get sick of people coloring comic books to look like they're old comic books. I've never gotten sick of that. Well, I always I don't get sick of you picking a pick out of your hat. Well, some some so. weeks. Some uh, weeks. It's fun. It's always fun to hear about something new that. Yeah. And I would never have expected. I did not when I logged on this morning expect to see Deadpool's Art of War number one. But there I, you go. Yeah. Now, Deadly Class number eight is this week, and and this book continues to be awesomely uncomfortable to read. Yeah, it's really heavy. It's. But not, it's not just heavy. It's it's just so. We, we've mentioned this before. There's so much of. Remender's blood on the page. It's, it's an open blood. wrist. It's like a bit of an overshare. Have you been lately? Well, and it just yeah. talks, and you're like, "Oh, I, I have to." Um, okay, yeah, I, I have to go. Well, so that's well. It's not, and it's not just like, "Have you been lately?" It's, "Have you been all this time?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's true. And, but that makes it really great and really compelling and personal. But uh, that aside, this was a really important plot issue, in which we find out the secrets of the main character. Whose name we, uh, none of us know. Marcus. Sure. Marcus Lopez. Um, so we know he's been on the run from, a, from, the, from an orphanage fire. and He's been wanted by the police for starting the fire. And uh, a couple issues ago, his current girlfriend's ex attacked them while he was trying to get with a different girl. And he was, the ex was killed. And then the body was stolen by his former orphanage roommate. And so that's been sort of the back going on behind the scenes in the last couple issues is what happened to the body. And uh, in this issue, the girl that he actually likes uh, finds where the body is. Or she, she found it in the last issue, I think. And she tells him, I know where the body is. And, but first, I need to know why I'm going to go risk my life attacking these hillbillies in a building to get your, this dead body back. And so he gives, Marcus gives her his diary, and that's where we find out what actually happened in the uh, orphanage. And it, this was an amazing issue. First from Wes Craig, there's... I was West Craig and Lee Lowridge. I think yeah. the two of them together. Um, the sort of monochromat or yeah. Well, I always screw this up, Paul. Uh, the mo- the single color, single yeah. color uh, monochromatic, yeah. monochromatic flashbacks uh, were really great. Yeah, it was really nice, and I think that like the first thing I notice is that, and and Lee Lowridge is is obviously he's an old pro, and he's he's got no problem knowing when to hold back and knowing when to apply a style, and it totally worked for this. But then it, also as I'm flipping through it and I look. I'm really digging the sort of really loose, heavy inks uh, that 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 Craig is throwing down here. And if you look, it looks a, like it almost looks like it's done quickly. Yeah, and you can all it's it's super impressionistic, and you you can you can see, you know, there's there's shots of uh, like whoever the bully is, you know, like the side of his face is literally just you can see like it's just a messy paintbrush drawn down and like a like an S shape on his face. You can see all the strokes. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's digital. It well could be looking at some of it, but it doesn't matter because it, it works uh, regardless either way. But it's just super loose, and, and there's there's not really solids. Like It's not like anybody took a Photoshop action and filled something. They just sort of colored it all in. And uh, I, I really appreciated that, looking at it. And it there's the, I, like, think, I, think what, I think what makes it work is there's these really meticulous layouts because those you know that those are you know, really sort of rigidly kind of plotted. Mm-hmm. Of, of how a page is going to go and then it's all muscle memory from there just you know and you can just attack it with the brush and everything and um i think my favorite layouts in an ongoing comic right now is just a just looking at a page um the anatomy of each page is so fascinating and but it it doesn't stop you in your tracks you just you know you keep on flowing through it because it, it's so dynamic and 
so mm-hmm. interesting to look at. You mentioned Josh earlier or a few minutes ago that you know everybody that Scott Snyder works with, works with is awesome, and I could uh, yeah, I, I know you say going. the same for Remender. We could definitely say this. He's a guy who. Like if They're you both look, guys that attract great, great artists. Oh well, it's not even just attract because it's. I mean, with Remender at least, I'm sure with with Snyder too. But with Remender, it, it's very much a conscious decision. If you think about, it, he brought, you know, a guy like Jerome Opinion into Marvel. He'd never worked for Marvel before, and he shows up and he's fully formed. You know, like it's not like oh this this new guy just amazing. Like where did he come from? And we we're all like, well, he's been doing Fury Agent. He's amazing. <laughs> you know, um, but he even brought it bigger. And and I yeah. think. You know, Remender's an artist. He, you know, he he was an animator. He he's a guy. He can draw and he can do all that stuff. So he absolutely knows what works and what's good. And and for the most part, you know, I think he's been really. He is. I mean, obviously, especially on the the creator owned stuff. I mean, you're talking about Mateo Scalera, who needs to fucking stop it <laughs> over there. You know, he's got him on. He's got Greg Tacchini on the other book. I mean. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not even just a feat to find to get all these guys to work on your books, but just to be able to identify them. You know, like to like it takes an eye to be able to pick those guys out. Um, and, and so, also looking at the West Craig pages, what's great about it is he gets really super detailed and impressionistic on the flashbacks, but then on the modern stuff, like the uh, the girl the girl that Marcus likes but isn't dating, her her face has very 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 few lines in it at mm-hmm. all. I mean, there's there's like you know one little dash for the nostril, a little bit for the eye, and that's yeah. that's all you get. So he's I don't get that, by the way. The what? I don't know. The I, I like the one he has. The other one doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> well, they're both psychopaths, so I know. Well, I mean, pick your poison. What are you gonna do? He goes oh, to a psych. Literally. He goes to a psychopath school. But Guys, just, what's, what's aesthetically, worse than one purple man. Um. Oh, purple let me just, man Brady Bunch. A group, Five little purple man kids. A group of those scary uh, Danny Moomy kids from. Uh, Bill Moomy. Josh, if uh, your your son could tell you what to do with his voice and how crazy that would be. He kind of – well, anyway. He kind of does. <laughs> but uh, I've been, I, I think this Purple Man arc has been really great because the idea of these kids with his power, kids who are – you know, Purple Man is a psychopath, but these kids are just all id. Mm-hmm. The ultimate like power of suggestion. And so, you know, that's almost – in a way worse because they're almost more they're way more chaotic than the purple man was and i think this has been a really fun really fun arc i love the way that they're depicted it's not just like looking at a bunch of like grimace children um and you know like how do you depict people you know kids with purple skin um without them looking like aliens or something and um it's just sort of like it kind of looks like they're they're falling into like a purple light Mm mm-hmm like, like a like a light is being cast over their right. face, purple gel. And it's, it's a really it, yeah yeah. It's, it's 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 a really interesting effect, and it makes it even creepier. And once again, we have Mark Wade playing with Daredevil's powers in that he can't see their purple, so he just thinks they're little kids mm-hmm. who are in trouble, and doesn't realize he's hurting them around, and they're they're purple kids. You're used to Daredevil being you know one two steps ahead of of you as a reader, and in this one, you know you're ahead of him, and you know that they're purple. You're now, screaming at the comic. They're purple. Watch out. Now, was I wasn't clear. Was the Purple Man unable to affect Matt previously? I don't know. Because I, 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 I it sounded like they weren't really getting to him on this, but 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 then like he said, like their ids were so powerful that it was sort of bleeding out. The only time I remember, you know, Purple Man stories, obviously, was, was an alias, and then before that in X Men. But I don't remember him ever facing off with Daredevil. I don't. 
Well, that was the there was a an early um, it was an early Bendis arc. Like was there? Yeah, yeah, that's or maybe it was Alias. It was Alias. It was Alias, wasn't it? I feel like he showed up in Daredevil. Daredevil after that. I don't know. I can't recall, so so I don't. I don't know. But uh, it's all purple haze. I did like. You're in trouble for that one. I did like Foggy wearing the fat suit. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> but not having a fat head. So it, it was really pretty great. It was like um, uh, on Community when they're like putting a bunch of T-shirts over top of T-shirts and seeing how many they can stack. It's just a ridiculous disguise. And I like great. the idea of let's do like let's give uh, Matt Murdock a book deal and he can write you know the tell-all of what it's like to be Daredevil. And God, that would be a depressing book. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. All concentrated into you know one prose book. Well, it's a it's a valid worry that you, you sit down to write your life story. If your life's been pretty goddamn terrible, you might get a little depressed thinking about it. So they're all they're very right to worry about him writing this book. Um, but uh, this was another good issue, Daredevil. Now we have a birth or a rebirth and a death to talk about. The first is the rebirth. So according to Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man number six, this is actually Peter Parker who's back alive. Do we believe it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do. I just, I, I got through it. And I actually, you know, like, I love these characters. So I, I like watching them interact with each other, whatever. But it was kind of just, nice back. Here it is. There's, like, there's no reason for it. And, and there's an explanation, sort of. And it, it all works. It's fine. It's not like it's any worse than any other. But just, it just kind of happened. And I don't know why. There's two things interesting about this. First is that... I I I thought I would be if if this is indeed him back. I thought I would be more happy about it because we loved that character for twenty yes, years. Or whatever. Yes. But now I'm so fully invested in the Miles Morales story that it was just kind of like I didn't really feel much about it. Well, I mean, my problem with my problem with the death of Peter Parker the first time around was specifically that I was totally into what was going on. I feel like there was a lot of story in front of us, and they just yanked the rug out from under us, like like they did in the Sopranos a lot, you know? And now they're doing it again by bringing him back. And it's like, you know, you're you're jerking me around a little bit. Well, here. I don't think he's going to come back and take over. The t- Miles' name is in the title. No, I know that. That's fine. But, it, I mean, it's still, it still reverberates. It still yeah, becomes it just, the story. It just seemed, it just seemed weird. And, I, I, I mean, there's all kinds of rumors flying around about what's going to happen next year mm-hmm. with the Ultimate Universe, as there have been for many years, but these seem to have a lot more credence to them. So I don't know if that's why they brought him back. Uh, to give it one last hurrah, I don't know. But I think uh, I think that's what makes it all the more jarring is the, knowing that the sort of the line is kind of in flux, and there have been all these different crossovers between the different realities and everything, and knowing that it's it's going to come to some kind of a head in the next few months or years, um, I, uh, it's hard to latch on to it. I'm enjoying Miles' story, but it's weird thinking about you know this might not exist you know this or, the, or he's going to end up you know in upstairs getting his basketball never to come down again yes happy days joke <laughs> both my hands are up in the air by the way um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Stupid. Um, a mirror image of that would be death of wolverine number four in which wolverine dies and i didn't feel anything either um, although I thought it was kind of funny, he died similarly to the, the dude on Game of Thrones with the golden with the golden helmet. Crown for king. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> no, here in this issue, he should do Aquaman like that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, we're gonna, you're gonna get plenty of time for that impression later. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna scream right past the rebar clause 
Which thank you everyone on Twitter for pointing it out and seeing yeah, right. photos. <laughs> Thanks Jesus for thinking Christ, of us. You guys hate this. Here's as many pictures as we can show you. <laughs> um, but so I liked his I liked his last words though. So Wolverine uh, goes and finds out that the dude behind trying to kill him was Doctor Cornelius, the the original doctor from the Weapon X program, who was way back in the uh, in the you know the first time we saw the origin in Marvel Comics presents the the um, Barry Windsor Smith stuff. Yeah, Yukon Cornelius. And uh, so then he goes there. There's a fight with another dude, and I didn't really, you know, wasn't so much into that. But then uh, liquid adamantium gets poured on Wolverine. I guess it's cool because it didn't melt him. And uh, he just staggers outside, and the- then he uh, his life flashes before his eyes. And I and I, and I like the departing words is enough. <laughs> and, and then he's he a statue. Down and he's dies. an adamantium statue on his knees, and. Uh, What's interesting, I mean, partially, uh, I didn't really care, you know, just because of the, the normal death stuff. Partially, all the behind the scenes politics with the X-Men at Marvel right now. And partially because there's now another miniseries coming out about, you know, the lo- legacy of Logan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the cover is him on, in the, you know, the, a last, the last panel with all of his, you know, people around him. So I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, this is my least favorite of all the issues, mm-hmm. probably because I've never actually read Weapon X, and so I didn't really know, like, it didn't mean it, like, like the reveal of the person didn't really mean anything to me, and it was just kind of a big fight. Um, like, there was nothing wrong with it, it just didn't really affect me one way or the other, I think. That was one of those comics as a kid that was, like, a big deal to hunt down. Yeah, no, I I mean, I, I know that I mean, now, but... I'm just, for me, like, I remember that was one of those books, for me, it was mm-hmm. like... Yo, Wolverine's origins being, is, has been told somewhere, mm-hmm. and I, I have, and then spending years tracking the, those issues down. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I kind of remember. That's the only that. reason why it really sticks in my head. I remember not liking it because I didn't like I didn't like the art. The but again, that's when I was a kid. I didn't sure. like good art, sure. as we've as we've all experienced to a certain extent or another. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I have a ton. It'll be was, interesting to see if they actually take them off the table, mm-hmm. like they are doing with other people. That are not owned by Marvel Studios, and uh, how long that lasts? I mean, to be from a structure standpoint, having him be ensconced uh, in a bunch of uh, adamantium—that's the correct choice. I mean, like sure. you know, that's the way it's got to go. And and obviously, like you can't get him out. You can't, you know, whatever. Uh, but I wonder if they're yeah. going to put him on tour. <laughs> like uh, like Jonah Hex when they, when they have like like. Or like when they have like uh you know the the artifacts from King Tut's tomb and it goes around to different museums and stuff and you know they lend them out and, like trigger, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I do it. Some some enterprising entrepreneur in the Marvel universe should take it a little over tour. Don't you think? I think that's yeah, it'll happen. But then he'll be mad, and the revenge. And <laughs> if um if you'd like to buy um pewter collectibles, um. I know he's not in constant pewter, but whatever. You can head over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and we get a little piece of that action. Make it your bookmark, and uh, we can keep the light bulbs on. Let's see if they have a pewter Wolverine. I bet they keep do. Keep talking. Josh will look it up. Um, or you can go to ifanboy.com slash registration, where for $3 a month or $30 a year, you make us very happy. Keep the podcast going. Keep the, uh, keep the old database in line. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there is. 
I, there is. I don't know the 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 back catalog of yes. wonderful episodes that you we still have to call Ron here. about that. There's a problem with the, Anything. I guess, the database. Yeah. <laughs> is I, it a database? <laughs> people are like you're a professional podcaster. You've been doing this for really long. How does it work? I don't know. I go on Skype. I make make talk. Which so works. Uh, we've got we've got the Marvel Wolverine pewter key ring, uh, which is his head. Which actually uh, is a companion piece to my pewter Thor hammer, which I pewter Thor hammer uh, was my roommate uh, in in uh, sophomore year of college. Pewter, pewter Thor hammer was a he was, was a, a big big Norse computer sci major, yeah. yeah. That he also played he played um, civilization all the time. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say mandolin. In there was a, in a guy a folk in my dorm group. freshman year who got kicked out of school because all he did was play civilization all the time. Didn't my class. my freshman year roommate had a problem with uh, Sim City, like a big a problem. problem. Sim City's awesome. Well, it, well, you you know when we had a problem with <laughs> World of Warcraft, that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the Pewter Thor Hammer, <laughs> Pewter Thor Hammer, and then there's a little limited edition Great Pewter name. Pewter you statue. Use that name for something, you're a failure. It's pretty. It's a pretty fantastic name. That's true. What the hell is Edge of Spider Verse number five, and how is it at number five? It's a rough. It's a rough title. Number five. There, there are these fun little one shots leading up to that Spider Verse oh, event. Little, and so that's that's where um, Gwen Stacy Spider Woman came from, and she's getting her own series now. Um, these like alternate I'd, universe. Things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would like to. I would like to see more of this. This is. Um, so this is Gerard Way and Jake Wyatt, and uh, it's got it's got some mecha in it. So. I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, little tributes and homages, pretty blatant to uh, the Ghost in the Shell characters. There's an Akira jacket in there, um, and the mech itself looks like uh, the uh, the Ava units from Neon Genesis Evangelion. So this was I was I don't know. Did you catch any? Do you catch any of what he just said, Connor? <laughs> I heard Mecha, so I was just going to focus. Okay, on that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a Mecha Batman little... fought a Mecha Spider Man, Paul, who would win? Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I think this Spider-Man one would win. I think it's bigger. Anyways. Uh, Davis McAlary. He was on Treme. It's piloted by a, uh, a young girl. I guess like a teenage girl um, who is uh, the daughter of the Peter Parker of this universe. And she's a Japanese schoolgirl, And uh, she teams up with a sentient radioactive spider. And they pilot the thing together. And there's uh, like a manga version of Daredevil in it because Gerard Way wanted to do that. So, um, and they have nice adventures. And then Spider Ham shows up. Awesome. It's it it's not the most satisfying beginning, middle, and end kind of story um, because it just sort of rolls into the Spider Verse thing, saying, "Oh, there's mul- multiple realities and." We all need to help because there's this big cataclysm coming, and so it doesn't really. It's it's more of a like a concept than a fully fleshed out story. But what's there would it's kind of a cool proof of concept mm-hmm. for if they wanted to do a mini or something. And the Jake Wyatt art is really cool, so I had fun with it. Paul, did you feel like uh, you can tell me I'm crazy? You can feel free to do that. That okay. Wild Zen number two, even though the artist was the same, the art looked different. Um, I thought it wasn't as tight. Yeah, that, uh, yeah I, I, he, I think I'd agree with that. I felt like the, the expressions on the characters weren't as strong. I, I felt like there's a lot of emotion in the first issue. In those, it wasn't as, it was it wasn't as polished, but I still thought it looked gorgeous. No, I think it looked good, but I just thought it wasn't as as impactful as the first one. 
which mm-hmm. I, I was just you know mesmerized by the art in the first one. So this is that Wind in the Willows meets War of the Worlds uh, thing that I was head over heels for, and I continue to love it. It's still deliberately paced, but we get some alien action. Major character gets fried by the alien. I I love this Clive Slipaway character, the dog. Um, <laughs> he's just kind of very. Uh, he's a dog of few words, and so they get to the house where that lady pig was. Uh, did anybody else think that perhaps the house fire smelled awesome? <laughs> is that is that morbid? I forgot to read this, so I'm That's just okay, trying not. I'm trying not to listen. It was lady pig that was. Oh yeah, in absolutely. House. Burned in her house. So I thought that's and then, that. But then also, Clive, probably then smelled Clive, great. But then Clive walks up and and they're like, "What's that smell?" He's like, "Crackling." <laughs> Crackling. Crackling. Mm. Um, this was good. And we introduced the, a new character, the the um, agoraphobic rec- recluse writer lady, who's a, who's a cat. Susan Perdu. Yeah. Two great names. In would you Would you like a related Civil War story? Sure. When Joe Johnston uh, abandoned the the line at Bull Run. Um, they for of the for the Confederates, he tried to give away as much of their stores as possible because they didn't want it. They didn't want it uh, uh, falling into Union hands, and so they gave the local people as much as they could carry away. But they were still left with a, a like like hundred thousands of tons of or of pounds of bacon, and so they just lit it on fire. What? And so because the people couldn't carry all that bacon back. So there was just this huge pile of bacon that they had burned and they were like, and the people uh, in the area didn't forget that smell because that winter there was no food. So they had just burned the, but can you just imagine like a hundred thousand pounds of bacon? I know, but it would be amazing. I will have, I'm guessing a lot of civil war factoids in the coming months. Superior foes of Spider-Man 16. Is the, this was the final issue. This, yeah, no? it definitely, I can't imagine it wouldn't be because it was <laughs> That's the weirdest ending. It was very strange. It was very strange, but I kind of liked it. There were there were two sequences in here that I was particularly uh, tickled by. Um, one of them I actually like sort of copied it and pasted it uh, on Twitter just because. Uh, and it was the it was <laughs> Mach four seven whatever seven, he is now. Uh, he forgot his phone in the coffee shop, and he. And he it's it's a one it's a 16 panel grid some of them are doubled and he's he's he got a he tried to call iron man and and he sort of gave him the brush off and in the next page like he walks out and a woman tries to give him his phone and there's no there's no dialogue and and he goes to turn around and he whacks a blind man in the face with his wings (laughs) and then just like sort of makes that "Ah," face and flies straight away it was gorgeous it was just a wonderful little sequence and then the other thing was that they (laughs) <laughs> you, do you know what I'm going to say? I probably not. They painted the head of Silvio Silvermane like Paul Stanley, and they said, "Quiet, Star Child." And every time I looked at at, at, the, at, the, at the kiss face on Sil, I would laugh. I'm still laughing. Now. I loved this series. This was really a special, great, wonderful thing. I think it's so out there, and it's like kind of like following along with it. It feels like you're 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 in on a a really good joke, and yep. everyone else is missing out. That's what it feels like. Oh, great, just great cartooning, man. You know, it was like really, like I really love the work that that they did. Uh, and and uh, you know, Steve Lieber is is an underrated master. He's another one of those guys that we that we talk about. He can kind of do anything, but you know, ever since we saw him in in Whiteout years ago, like he's so good. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he He's did great. a he did a sketch for me at a show once, and and like was like. He well, used he yeah you totally and I've never forgotten that and he's he's like he's a master he's just one of those guys who's real real good and he used a brush he had some speckling with the whiteout yep yep it was good now I had forgotten about Vale I kind of had too I think I feel like it's been a little while um it's better now at least I think like at first I wasn't sure about it but I don't want to give up on a on a oh, Greg Rucka book it. yeah 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 she's a demon basically. And and oh, somebody, there was a, a you know a convocation to get her <laughs> to get that's that's worse than whatever we said before. Emails. It was a joke. It was Connor at ifanboy.com. Right there on I the, know. <laughs> All the comic book characters you meant. Um, yes, that's what I meant. You know, it, it's it's interesting for the fact that I want it's Greg Rucker. I want to see what he does. Like I won't give up. Basically. Uh, I don't. I don't love the art still, but it's kind of interesting. Is that like sh- basically she was a captured demon, and, and the, whatever the jerky got John Constantine of their world had sort of capture her and her her shining white knight that you know that that other dude who was just nice to her came and rescued her, and and you know they tried to convince her like she's a demon. If you let her go and give her free will, that's going to be bad for everybody. And and he still did it. So now we're going to see what happens with their relationship. Um, this is kind of interesting. I wanted to very briefly mention Batman Eternal twenty eight. Which is uh, a a book. I'm not even getting into it. Mo- other than the fact that they they have some really interesting artists on it. We've talked in the past about n- new names we haven't recognized drawing this book that have been unusual for DC or for for the New Fifty Two at least. And this was another one, not necessarily unusual, but this was an artist I'd never heard of before, called uh, Megan Hetrick. Mm-hmm. Megan Hetrick, and she re- reminds me of sort of an early, uh, slightly more cartoony Ryan Stegman. And uh, I was really impressed with that. Like I, I haven't been loving this book I've mentioned before, but I, whenever there's an interesting artist on, I always, you know, catches my eye more. You know, that issue catches my eye more than the other ones. And this was really fun uh, art. So I think she's some, she's a name to watch out for. Megan Hetrick, really good. Hmm. You sure it's not Ryan Stegman with like a mop? Head, Maybe like as a wig. <laughs> um, I thought it, it sort of fit Branching to that. That's sort of style of the of the new Batgirl book and the Gotham Academy it's sort of more cartoony you know female friendly in that the women aren't all like you know crazily busty and all that stuff you know look, look, sort of cartoony and, real, and realistic and fun cool things happening at the bat offices I think so they're doing some uh, some interesting things so those are the books we're going to talk about this week go to fanboy.com you can find the post for this show that's where you can talk about these books, other books we didn't get to talk about, other books you won't think we should check out, anything you want to talk about from this week's comics, you can find that at ifanboy.com. And this week, DC Comics or DC Entertainment or actually Warner Brothers, to be more honest about it, at the uh, at their quarterly um, investors meeting dropped their big news about they they they're really going to take this comic book thing to the edge. Sure, this comic book movie thing. What? Can, how far can we take this before the bubble bursts and? They've announced uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies coming out over the next five years, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was interesting, and we'll just list them off real quick in case you didn't hear the news. So everyone knows about Batman v Superman. I almost said versus, but clearly it's V. It's right v. there in the script. Yeah, Batman obviously. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, directed by Zack Snyder. That's 2016. Also 2016. This was a big surprise one, and I'm going to circle back to this one in a minute. Suicide Squad, directed by David Ayer, also 2016. And then the following year, Wonder Woman, starring Gal Gadot, who's in the Batman Superman movie. 
And also, Justice League Part 1, directed by Zack Snyder, with the, all the actors in the current roles reprising their characters. And then 2018, you have The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, Aquaman, starring Jason Momoa. 2019, Shazam. 2019, also Justice League Part 2, also directed by Zack Snyder. And then in 2020, Cyborg, starring Ray Fisher, and a reboot of Green Lantern in 2020. And... Uh, what was your guys' initial reaction to this? We'll all be six years older. God, I don't know. My initial reaction is that, given their history, that's pretty. That's pretty optimistic. Pretty audacious, right? Well, I mean, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't believe it will happen. The definition of ducks in a row. Yeah, but like, like, they, like everything they've ever done has been pushed back for years because they were done by committee. Right. Batman, Superman got pushed back a year. Like everything, and so. Like the fact that they got the one Superman movie out, if you want to call it a Superman movie, um, <laughs> you know. I, and I, how many I, years ago was that? And Marvel's pushing out two. I mean, this they're they're, they're yeah. putting themselves on the Marvel schedule basically now. But and the, and and then the second thought I had was that that like you really like this Zack Snyder thing a lot that much. Really, giving the keys to all of it. I mean. The they're really banking on Batman Superman being a huge success because all of these characters come out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Marvel method, which is do the characters first and then bring them together, this is the opposite. And are we saying that people want to go see a cyborg movie? Well, I mean that twenty twenty will all be cyborgs. That on its own, be a slice of life kind of film. That on its own, you know, like who would have wanted to see a Guardians movie, you know, two years ago? So that on its own isn't really a thing. By that point, Marvel had had yeah, I know for it. I mean, that's there's the brand. I think it's more analogous to Iron Man. Which people didn't go because of the character; they went because Downey Jr. was awesome in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Iron Man was as much of an unknown character back to the general public as Cyborg is now, and it's just you know, I'm nothing. I, that's just the most glaring one. I can pick out Aquaman or Shazam or any of the other ones. Yeah, sure. You're like, are you really saying people are going to turn out for that? I mean, they really, they're the, really going to have to the, love these. The movies. fact is, if these first two shit the bed, that's it. You're not going to see more. I think. You'll see a you'll, you'll see a paradigm. I think I think you'll do Justice League. Yeah. I think there's no way. It's just it'll take so long to. Yeah, I, I'd be amazed if they if they kept fifty percent of the schedule. Now here's the interesting one: Suicide Squad, because David Ayer is actually a really awesome filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's got his new film Fury is out today, the World War Two movie with Brad Pitt, and uh, he did. Um, I think does uh, he End does he Black. play uh, his character from Inglorious Bastards? Because if not, no. I, don't, I don't care. It looks freaking awesome. We will be cruel to the German. Basically, but with a tank. And uh, all right, I'll go. And so there, th- that's under our knives. The one thing about Marvel is that they've really got great filmmakers to do these things. So if you got a guy like that, and then also today they, or the day we were recording this, they announced that they're going, they're going to try to go a list crime caper on this, and they're already talking to Will Smith, and they're talking to Tom Hardy, and they're talking to um, uh, the girl from uh, Wolf of Wall Street um, mm-hmm. to be the Suicide Squad. And if that, well, that's that's to me is a really interesting uh, direction to go. Yeah, I mean, but but you know, the, on paper that makes you know, it's one of those things where it could go really wrong really fast. On paper, that doesn't sound a lot different than when they did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like just well, like Sean Connery's oh, in it, cool, you know. But like it no, can but still you're be talking about a really quality filmmaker. I I know, I know, but you know, it's it's like at the end of the day, like. Do they want to do something that – are they trying to find a way to utilize their property in any way possible? Or, you know, like let's put some some stars in it and put a thing together. Or are they trying to make something, 
you know, of of quality. I mean, the one thing I think you can say about Zack Snyder is if you agree with him, if you if you like what he did or not, at least he does bring a certain uh, authorship to it. He brings his style. So they they sort of and he's doing all these. So there's going to be a through line in that way, which is I don't necessarily like that specific creative choice, but I think that that's a good thing to do in general. The mm-hmm. way that they let you know they let they let Joss Joss Whedon do his style. They let um, what's his, the Guardians guy who whose name is gone right Jim now? Jim Gunn. Yeah, Jim like Gunn. they let him do his thing. So that's cool. It's just they're going for a different a t- tone altogether, I guess. Well, yeah, they're going for the grittier tone. Yeah, which is what they've decided they want to do. Um, really bizarre. I mean, obviously, you can see who's going to be in Batman v Superman by the by the announcement of the casting. So you know that Cyborg Flash. Aquaman and obviously Wonder Woman, we know mm-hmm. that, but those three are going to be in it because they announced that in you know in six years this guy's going to play playing Cyborg. You know, to kids though, to, to kids, Cyborg is not an unknown character in the so same way that the Green Lantern wasn't. Is, clearly, they're going to be in that movie because they announced them yeah. starring in, in these things. Yeah, no, I, I know. I think that's interesting. But like people are like Cyborg, what's that like? Any kid who watches Teen Titans Go or whatever, they all know who Cyborg mm-hmm. is. So that's not a problem. Uh, in the same way that they know who John Stewart is, they know who Al Jordan was. Um, I bet you it's going to be John Stewart Green Lantern. Oh, it better it damn well better be. I think that's a much better choice because although Jeff Johns is in charge, so it could be Al Jordan. Could be. I mean, it could be anything. It's probably not going to be Kyle Rayner. It's very interesting. Ron Mars is like, please let it be Kyle Rayner. Ezra Miller is been cast as the Flash. He was. He's a really fantastic actor. He's not someone I at all see as a superhero. Was such so. a, that was such a weird Ed scratcher. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know like, who that is, but I, I also saw like an article today. Like, is it okay that the Flash is a gay actor? And I was like, who gives a shit? I, just, I know, think I think he's a great actor. Really, just, I never would have put those two together. Just, well, that's and, and that's a good. He's choice. a fantastic actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing, though. So if you're looking at this, you know, we all and we're not we're not we're not the right people to to pitch the movie to, though. But you know, we all sort of like I, we don't really like the tone that they went with their Superman. Superman himself, the character, the actor, he was fine, but like everything they did with it didn't feel like Superman. So then you've got several examples of this kind of thing where like that's kind of weird. If you look at Ezra Miller, or I don't know what I feel about with Jason Momoa. Like I don't know how. Maybe, but it's weird. I think that's the most interesting choice that they've made so far. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Ezra Miller thing is that that's really interesting. But this one, it just seems like a really inspired choice. And just looking at the guy and looking at his his past roles, um, it points to that Howard Porter direction, the Grant Morrison JLA. It does. Surly bearded Aquaman. I know, but... and I know this is totally lame, but like every version of him is like super white blonde guy. And so it's a right. very different sort of like visually at the very least is going to be a very, very different take. I think, well, it, that's, I think it's interesting. Uh, Conan, that's smart. Yeah. Conan, yeah. Rocky style. But that movie was supposed to be terrible. I think I watched the beginning of it. No, it I'm was just terrible. As, as that physicality yeah. of Aquaman. No. More like a barbarian king underwater than. Yeah. Very different than, than the comic book uh, version of it. Uh, I tell you what, tell you one of the. I don't know if it's a rumor, but I've been seeing it around. Is the idea that they're going to make Robin uh, either female or specifically Carrie Kelly? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love that idea. It would make sense because I mean, Zack Snyder said at Comic Con he's sort of doing his Dark Knight Returns without doing Dark Knight Returns. So I mean, it would make I mean, sense to do that. Yeah. Well, one thing that guy can do is take somebody else's book and do it exactly without adding anything. <laughs> Oh, the, um, the rumor was uh, Jenna Malone. Yeah, she, who's, who, oh, I looked it up. Really She's smart. thirty. I mean, yeah. you know, it's your teenage sidekick starting to get lower back pains. Well, I the, guess yeah, they're they're doing a, they're doing a Batman who's 
retired so i know but that was the whole point is that like batman is old and the kid is hopping all over the place and he's like Ugh. i mean that's how that's how gary kelly worked i'm not saying they need to do that but that's you know and i like that juxtaposition although i like it when she came back in uh, the dark knight strikes again and she was uh more of a veteran that was kind of cool Sorry, and what it's a fine book and it's not my fault that you can't appreciate it i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I don't know i think this all hinges whether this happens or not beyond I think I think you're obviously going to get Batman v Superman. You're obviously going to get Suicide Squad because they're going to be made at the same time. I think for sure you're going to get Wonder Woman because they built up the whole thing by actually doing a Wonder Woman movie. And I think you'll get Justice League. I think those are the only ones who get for sure. And I'll, the rest of them will all depend on what happens. Mm-hmm. I just think because also just the way the, the amount of time it takes for pre-production and all this stuff. Those movies are going to have to be actively worked on. Yeah. Until we until you know when Batman v Superman comes out, Justice League will be they'll be working on it actively. So. I think we'll at least get those. Whether or not we'll actually ever get a Flash movie or Shazam or Cyborg or Aquaman or a new Green Lantern, it'll be up to those those films, I think. Are we going to care in six years? Totally. No, you will. I'll just Your be kids thinking. will. I'll just be going to all That's these. fine. I, I fucking wish. Because you won't watch movies now. I'll just He's be thinking, how am I going to pay for college? That's all I'll be thinking. Then. Just tell them there's no college. I sent you that article about German college, Josh. Yeah, that's true. German. It's free. I would have done that. So uh, we'll see uh, the DC movie slate is going to be crowded. And then when you add these in with all the Marvel movies and then all the Sony movies and all the Fox movies, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of we movies. have signed you up for free university. Here's your coat. First. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he'll, he'll come back a changed man. Yeah. So uh, th- that's a lot of movies, Paul. My wife's a little know. nervous. You know, Final Germany. I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine a Zack Snyder Shazam. <laughs> Sounds like a disaster to me, but <laughs> so, Paul, the only way they can win you back is if in this new movie it's they recognize that Superman was a dick in the first one, and they that's the whole point of it. I I, I think the Justice League movie is going to be about them just like destroying the entire planet, and then part two is them looking for another planet for humans to live on. So this is a Justice Lords movie, yeah. Well, Which they then they, they, they I'm going to try to you know I'm going to look at it in open mind, but I think it's fair. It's an Interstellar you, prequel. Yeah. And then they destroy that other place just just accidentally, accident. really. Like they're like, hey, I think, hey, I think it's, we can put bowling here. <laughs> you think it's fair? What? I think it's fair to look at the pedigree and like the architect that they've chosen for this movie. I think that's the, that's the weird, bittersweet thing. Like, oh man, they're finally going to do a Wonder Woman movie. Oh man, they're finally going to do you know an Aquaman and a Flash movie. Um, and it's these guys doing it. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, and that's it's, like your one shot, like you know, for this generation, you know, and so it's like you, it's like you, you win this a dream home that you get to design and you know, unlimited black, budget, but it's got to be in North Korea. <laughs> well, that's that's quite. That's, I have no jokes about North Korea. Okay, sorry. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what everybody thinks, what they're excited for, what they're not excited for. I just don't. I think um, the thing. I think I, the thing is that the the thing that from the from Iron Man on, the thing that everybody loved about about uh, uh, the uh, the Marvel movies is just sort of their optimistic uh, humor. Yep. And and fun. and light tone. So it's a fun. Uh, you know that that and the the, the the they didn't have that. It's the opposite. It's like. 
listen, whatever they all liked in 1987, we're going to bottle that one more time over 10 movies. And that is, that's a lot of grim. And, and like the jokes are going to still be in it, but it'll have a different feel. It's, and it's interesting when you, when you, when you contrast that to the DC TV shows, mm-hmm. which are not like that at all. Well, then yeah. maybe there's especially, hope. especially the Flash, which has so much heart to it. Yeah, I and mean, even Arrow. To, I mean, Arrow is more of a darker show, but it's still yeah, pretty. It's still at the core of it, you know. They're great characters, and there's there's jokes, and I mean, it's just such a different tone, and it's going to be really interesting to see the contrast, especially if Flash is still going on the air in two years or three years when there's a movie out. Um, really interesting. So those are the DC announcements. We're we're out of time for emails and voicemails, but you can call our uh, voicemail line eight eight fanboys three two six two six nine seven. You can write us at contact at ifanboy dot com and tell us where you are, where you are, and who you are, and all those. How you doing? Tell us how you doing. How you doing? How you doing? You doing okay? You doing all right? You've been fine. So you know? uh, we had the uh, Flash podcast recently, and mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, Hmm. One week or two weeks? No, one week will be the week, yeah. Constantine Constantine podcast. So Paul and I will be discussing the Constantine uh, pilot. Josh, I can't, I can't do one? it. I can't do right. it. I can't. Paul and I will be discussing. This I I pilot. watched it, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. It Don't didn't say anything. No, it didn't. Like I was like, eh. it's a it's a TV show. So Paul and I will uh, talk about that. That'll be coming out the day it premieres in the United States, which is October twenty fourth. So you can look for that on ifanboy.com and all your podcast locations and uh, as i said before head over to ifanboy.com you can find this show's post all these special edition shows posts all the things we've done for the last 13 well no that isn't that's not true well it goes back to 2003 josh i think yes last 11 years whenever the first hulk came out that was the night that the server died i remember that distinctly because i was at the movies with ron huh. um so uh since 2003 you can go back and find all of our content on ifanboy.com well, then, then sure. Uh, you could go ahead and you could follow iFanboy at twitter.com slash iFanboy or facebook.com slash... I just, I, just, I just spun out. <laughs> facebook.com slash iFanboy. And if you were doing that, then you would know what the pick of the week was ahead of time. And you could check into if it was the thing that you wanted to read because we'll let you know you about could, that. You we, joined in on the... Uh, what? Yeah. We, uh, we, we retweet some stuff from time to time. And occasionally, um, people that's where people go to tell us about rebar. That's all anybody wants to do it's now. It it's a rebar aggregator. Yeah. They're like, you guys hate this, right? Look at it. Look There's at some it. more rebar news. Here's someone that was impaled while they were driving. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny that that's, a, that's the subculture we've engendered. Uh, you can also follow us uh, individually uh, at CS Kilpatrick, at Fuzzy Typewriter, and at J.A. Flanagan um, for whatever nonsense we are talking about. Finally, if you dig this sort of thing, you can write us a review in iTunes, or better yet, you can tell all your friends about us, uh, tell your pets. Um, I did. He didn't maybe care. Maybe have alpacas. Let them know. Let be soothing to them. It's <laughs> glossier coat. Josh, you remember the end of uh, Young Guns? In Pals. Which, uh, Pals was scraped onto Billy the Kid's uh, stone marker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when you die... I'm going to oh. stick a piece of rebar right in the... <laughs> right, I'm going right to drop it from a height so it makes that sound. Go right, right, in, right into the, the stone, uh, right into your headstone. It'll go right through me. So you think you're going to outlive me, is what you're saying? Well. No, what's that mean? I don't know. You're, you're, you're a big man. Your parts will wear out faster. Maybe. I got less <laughs> stress. 
Well, you're going to be like Jefferson and Adams. Uh, the oh man, yeah, I think that's actually totally what's going to happen. So Paul, you're going to have to the rebar job will have to fall to you. Who does that? What does that make? Who does that make Paul? Well, Paul actually is Addison. Jefferson. Paul's Jefferson? Kind of. I don't think so. He's not a gigantic hypocrite. No, but I'm not saying exactly. <laughs> but he's sort of the genius writer who likes to be by himself and write. Right, right. There you go. Not a slave owner, though, right? No. Okay, good. That wasn't what you were taking care of? That was a, that was a bit of a pause on that. I just found out these were illegal. <laughs> it's okay. They're children. This is inappropriate joke week on my fanboy. Yeah. So, uh... I said something about not liking Jefferson once, and people got mad at me on social networks. I remember that. Well, I stand by it, though. You're there a it jerk. is. Josh is really into a U.S. history lately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I can't deal with the news today. That's a thing. All right, until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I am... Your host, Joshua Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs>